Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, everybody. It's Andy, one half of the I Wonder Sisters, and we're happy to be with you today, whatever day you choose to listen. <laughs> um, I'm in Studio M, the meditation corner, and Kim will be joining us shortly. Um, I've got Chloe the Muppet Dog sitting in front of me, getting petted, and I've got my trusty beer. And today, we're going to talk about radical self-acceptance. So many of us want to move forward in our lives. Move forward is such an overused phrase, but we all want to um, achieve our goals and have our dreams. And part, part of the process of moving forward requires that you accept where you are to begin with, who you are to begin with. Um, You may want to make a lot of changes in your life. Um, You may want to make a lot of changes within yourself. But first, you have to know who you are and where you are. And you have to be at peace with those things before you can move on. Um, I don't know why this is so. I don't know why we just can't leap ahead. But it doesn't work that way because the baggage we leave behind comes with us always. So um, that's going to be the conversation for today. Kimmy, are you there? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yay! Hi! Oh, hi. Um, can you hear me uh, through the phone now? Yes, I can. Okay, great, great, great. All right, so, yes, yeah, so you were doing beautifully. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm well, right. I think I finished up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Andy, uh, um, thoughts uh, of this great topic today when we decided that we wanted to record a record a show, and um, it's kind of very always spontaneous for us. I mean, sometimes during the course of the week, we might talk about something naturally and think, oh, this is a great idea for a show. Um, and other times we just, you know, we, we know we feel like recording on Saturday, um, so we'll just, you know, ask each other, you know, is there anything on each other's minds? And, um and so Andy started talking about ra- what we call radical acceptance. And radical self-acceptance is a very powerful thing. Um, and we have touched on it um, in, in various things that we've talked about. Why? Because of the fact that we have seen in our own lives um, and, and and truly believe in power of radical self-acceptance um, and, and acceptance itself in what it can do to get us to where it is in this moment that we might say we want to be next or want to go next or want to do next. Um, so it would be something that we have touched upon because um, – it's one of those key things that we really feel, um, first of all, brings about some more peace in everyday living uh, that takes um, a lot of that angst away from our lives when we are somewhere or doing something, whatever, when we rather would be doing something else. Um, So today we wanted to just really talk about it deeply um, and separately on its own because we, we know that it's so powerful. And, um, and it's also, um, as Andy and I both know, um, it's a difficult thing. You know, um, when somebody tells you or shares with you that um, you need to be at a, a certain level of peace, and contentment and gratitude where you are before you can get to where you think you want to be, that can be very, very frustrating. <laughs> that can be um, 
a downer. That's like what they call a buzzkill sometimes. Um, if you're caught up in the discontentment, um, the angst, the worry, the stress, um, frustration of trying to get somewhere, and then for someone to give you the advice of you need to first settle yourself in the space of whatever, whatever is going on in the present moment before you can really open up and allow the space for something new to really come in. And I'll talk a little bit more about that because I can really give some visuals that will help people to understand that, um, what the discontentment, the agitation, the angst, the constant worry, um, and, and all of that really does when it comes to manifesting something different, something new. So, um, you know, I just uh, wanted to ask Andy if um, if she would just be so kind to just share, like, um, Andy, your experience with the particular process of radical acceptance, acceptance of your life, acceptance of the now, um, is it something that you've uh, always been in touch with, or was there a process of things that, that happened um, that kind of one day made, like, the light bulb go on, like, hey, this is what it takes? Um, it's been a process. It hasn't always been that there for me. Um, I think that I've shared with our audience that I struggle with a mental illness. Well, during the course of my worst period um, of being ill, um, I, I was very resistant. I was resistant to the idea that there was something wrong. I was resistant to the doctors. I was resistant to my family. I was resistant to the medication. The whole thing was something that I didn't want to acknowledge. And um, as a result, I couldn't accept myself where I was and who I was. I was constantly at war with me. And um, and that makes for a very static situation. It's like being on a treadmill and not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until... I finally stepped back and said, as a sane person, that person who is struggling, who is so distressed, is a wounded voice inside you. You must embrace her and accept her for who she is and for where she is before you can move on. And... um This was even something that I talked about yesterday with my therapist. And um, it wasn't until I was able to sort of mother myself in a way and take myself by the hand and lead myself out of the darkness that um, I was actually able to make space within me for something better. Does that make sense? It, it it does. And it's such a um it's your story is such a tremendous example. Um it's a very powerful example because so many times, you know, Andy, as I'm sure you know, you talk and talking to people sometimes when they either come to you for um advice, for um some guidance, for some spiritual mentoring um oftentimes they feel so um immersed in whatever it is that they feel is going on in their lives that they don't like and um it feels very huge to them and and it and it is if that's the way it feels to you then of course it is it's heavy it weighs upon you um but i know that for me when i hear other people's stories, the, the the roads that other people have traveled through, the um, the different triumphs that other people have over very difficult situations and very difficult times in their lives, 
it tends to lighten a bit about how I feel. It, it gives me hope. It gives me a, so much inspiration, and I've always been like it, like that. It inspires me to hear when people have struggled with something, and um, and then they they talk about how their life was and how they came through it and step by step how they came to this new place and a new life and a new sense of health and all these different things. I'm inspired by that because then I look around at my life, um, at the things that might have given me angst, worry, and stress, or when I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel, all of a sudden, like, it's like the fog begins to lift, and I think to myself, if she can do it, and I feel like I'm not going through anything that heavy. If she can do that, you know, then I know that I can do it. And so it's very inspiring to me because um, what you have accomplished in your life is something that a lot of people uh, most people will never really, really deal with at that level, but they will have their own thing, you know, um, their own angst, their own disappointments, their own pain, their own loss, their own confusion. And so to me, that's extremely inspiring to know that um, Andy and I are both speaking to you from a place of having been and felt um, and experience all the things that we share with you, all the lessons, all the wisdom, all the things we've learned, these are things we actually have experienced. And so um, if you have to rewind it to really listen um, again to what Andy said and what she, um, the process that she had to naturally go through and then the, the, the level of awareness that she had to come to um, then do so because it's very powerful. And, um, and it's saying to you that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, whatever you're lacking, whatever's frustrating you, that you can also find a level of peace within that, that space that you are in now. And the reason why it's so important to be able to find a level of peace and I use those words like very, very deliberately um, because we're not saying that if you're in a terrible, terrible situation, a violent situation, you're really, really ill, uh, you know, uh, family's falling apart. I mean, we're not saying that, um, that you need to rise to the level of peace and happiness if um, – if you were in a situation where those things were not occurring. What we're saying to you is that within every situation, there is a level of peace that you can come to about it. And, and it's, it's very necessary and so important because um, just to talk with everyone a little bit about the, um, the, the, the science or, or metaphysics of moving forward, manifesting, changing your life. Um, when, we, when we worry and when we are in a, in a constant state of stress and angst about our everyday life or over one particular subject matter of our life, usually that's the subject matter, of course, that we feel like if we could just break through and change it, we would be so happy. And so when we are experiencing a very high level of angst and stress and worry, it's like imagining that when you do that, um, you are really like constricting the, um, an airway, like you're constricting um, the, the, the road, the path in which manifestation occurs. You are actually like putting a clamp on a hose will stop the flow of water when we are constantly worried in angst and deep stress over whatever is going on in the present that we said we want to change. We actually are placing a clamp on the hose and the water then just sits and, 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 and a little bit of it might seep through and every now and then you'll get a drop. So what will happen is you'll look around at your life, and every now and again you'll see the beginnings of something 
coming to manifestation, and then all of a sudden nothing. And then the beginning of something maybe, and then all of a sudden nothing. And so it's so important that we find a way to breathe and to exhale because our breath reflects the flow of energy in our lives. And so it's necessary to do the work. We always say this. We can't get tired of saying it because for us it is true. It's so necessary and so crucial that we do the work that it takes to be able to breathe through whatever is presently going on in our lives. And so I wanted to just give a, um, a visual of what um, worry, stress, angst, um, the heaviness, the uh, lack of, of contentment, the lack of gratitude, all of that causes when it comes to the flow of manifestation. Now, as, as Andy said in the beginning of the show, um, she, you know, she said, I don't really know why it works this way, why radical acceptance really, really is so powerful, but you, I, I know that it does work because we've seen it in our own lives. And so what I'm saying to you is I don't necessarily like the how manifestation has to always occur. I mean, like, you know, I wish I could stress and angst and worry and still be able to be in the flow, but the fact is, that um that that's that's not possible. And so I I just want I just want to interrupt you for a second and I wanted to say that I think a lot of people's problems comes when they identify themselves with a situation that's mm-hmm. unhappy or painful that they let it define who they are and that they become um they become it. Um, I think it's very important to take a step back and um, allow yourself to understand that you are not that situation, that that is not who you are or what you are, and that um, you don't have to identify with what's happening around you. You have to acknowledge it. Yeah. And you have to accept that it is what it is before you can make space for something new. But you don't have to let it define you. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Because it's not you. And as a matter of fact, I think, Andy, like more than some people, I think that a lot of people, a lot of the times, that is the thing that really, really takes away that piece is that they identify themselves as their circumstance. Yeah. And um, I think, unfortunately, that is why so many people um, feel the way that they feel on a daily basis um, is because of that. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And I want to ask um, if you would – for people who may ha- may just be hearing that for the first time, because to some people, whatever is happening is who they are. So, for instance, like if they were an accountant and then they just lost their job and their firm closed, okay, and now right now they're not an accountant technically, you know, um, that has driven many people to jump off of buildings, to go into very deep depressions, to even live in the streets, to lose their families and things like that, when there's so many other things and ways that they could use those gifts and talents. So I think most people do identify themselves with whatever circumstance they are in or surrounding them. And so can you um, just like put a little bit of light on that? Because some people might be listening to to this and think, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not what my life is. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not my problem, you know. And if you could just shed a little bit of light on why it is that you are not <laughs> your circumstance. Okay, I can only use my own history as an example because I can't speak for any of you. But um, when I was at my worst and suffering the most. 
and causing my family a great deal of pain. I thought that my illness was all that I was. And um, and it defined me. And I lived within it. I didn't see the bigger picture. I was... Um, surrounded by the little dots of detail all yeah. the time. And um, I, it was like not being able to see the forest for the trees. I mean, it's just a very overwhelming, um, inundating feeling. You feel like you're drowning inside your circumstance. And um, all I can say is, that when you stop thinking that that's all you are and take a look at how you feel about life, how you feel about people, um, your particular talents, um, your, creative, um, your creative energies, um, things that give you joy. Because even in the pits of this, there, people can think of something, even if it's just one thing, that revs their motor, that turns them on, that, that gives them a feeling of accomplishment, and, um, and that brings them a certain amount of joy and peace. Now, climbing out of that it is very difficult thing to do and as Kim said it requires inner work you have to look at yourself in the mirror and see all of who you are the light the shadow um, the happiness the despair you have to recognize that person as a totality, mm-hmm. not just as a specific circumstance. Yeah. And um, once you can do that, you're able to begin, at least, to step back from the situation and look at it a bit more objectively and not be, and not be it. Yeah. Um, That's what happened for me. But I also have to add the caveat that I was one of the privileged ones. I had a lot of family support from my brother and sister. Um, I had a great deal of love in my life. I had doctors that were deeply emotionally and personally invested in my health and well-being, and that's not true for everybody. You know, the system can swallow you up, yeah. and, um, and you can get lost in the cracks there. Um, so if you're one of those people who's in the system and doesn't have all that kind of support, um, the only thing I can say to you is that you've got to take control. You, when you're in the midst of a despairing situation, you feel very out of control. And it's very easy to allow yourself to become a victim. And if you can, I keep saying step back, and I know it's a very hard concept to visualize you know, and to make into a sort of cognitive strategy. But if you can just take a deep breath and remove yourself slightly from the situation and see that it's not out of that you're not out of control. Yes. And that um, there are things you can do to take control back and to take your power back. Um, 
I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, and um, and I I admittedly was one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I still am, but um, don't make the mistake of thinking that I didn't do a great deal of work to get out of the situation I was in, because I did. I had to. And I went through a great deal of inner turmoil, confusion, pain, um, before I came out the other side. But it was so important for me to um, be able to understand that if I allowed myself to identify with my circumstance, that I was allowing myself to become a victim. And in victim mode, you give up control. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice. Yes. And you have to be very aware that you choose that. And um, if you want things to change, you have to take responsibility for that choice and then choose something else that will give you your power back. Exactly, indeed. And, you know, um, it, and, and like Andy said, oftentimes, I mean, not only can it be <clears throat> things that seem small, like just recognizing and remembering something that you used to enjoy um, and just doing that thing, whether it just be dancing in the living room or um, pulling out a blank canvas and um, and being able to to uh, teach yourself step-by-step non-judgment by just painting and not um, expecting anything to come of it. Um, There's so many ways. You know, when I was um, really going through a lot of distress a few years ago, um, I used to just get uh, grab the free papers that they have in most cities um, and even town, Santa Fe has one for this area and things like that. They're free papers, and they tell you everything that's going on. They tell you about who's doing an art gallery opening, um, all that stuff. And a lot of that stuff is free. And so I would make it my job while I was looking for a job to also find um, free things for me to do. Um, it made me feel it made me feel like Andy talked about a sense of power still because when you don't have a penny to your name, okay, the first thing that's going to come to your mind is I can't go nowhere, okay? That's the first thing that's going to come to your mind. And so that places you in this place where um, it it begins to chip away at the power that you have in your life. And so I said to myself, if I could just really become an expert at finding a whole lot of free things to do, um, it'll lift my spirits. And it did. And so on Friday night, I would always go to a free opening, um, art gallery opening, artist um, opening, um, boutique openings. You know, I mean, sometimes I would have cake and free wine for dinner because I didn't have anything else. You know, so that's that would be my dinner or chunks of cheese, whatever they were serving in the, in these places would be what I would actually have. And hey, I had wine, so I was a lucky one too. Um, so they would serve all these things, and there would be people there. I would talk to people. Um, I'm naturally quite a bit social at times when I'm out and about, and so I do love to talk to people. So I would always meet people. I would always end up sharing and talking and listening to their stories and and looking at beautiful things. And it really was the one thing that I could do to actually lift myself up and, and little by little, it gave me a huge sense of power in my life um, because it was something that I was making a decision to do. Um, it was something that, that made me feel like I had some power in my life. And every time I would go out, I would always, you know, talk to people. And I'd tell them the things I did, what I used to do. Um, you know, sometimes I would even say, hey, you know, I'm looking for work, things like that. 
So, so whatever it is that you can do, don't allow things like, you know, oh, I don't have any money and things. And I'm going to tell you something. When I say I didn't have any money, I mean I didn't have any money, okay? Most of the time I didn't have any money. And when I did get money, I sure couldn't go out and buy a, buy a cocktail with it. I, You know, I would go to the store and get some noodles and stuff. But so I didn't have any money, okay, and, um, and nobody to get any money from. So don't allow something like that to stop you in your tracks. Um, as I said, there's so many ways that you can bring the power back to your lives. And, um, you know, yeah, there were some times when, you know, I was, uh, you know, putting on my little, you know, uh, jeans and T-shirt or a little sundress or whatever and heading out on a Friday night. And this, I had to walk to all these places. I didn't even have money to get on the bus or on the subway or anything like that. So a part of my outing was the walking, you know, um, walking to the place, walking back home. So um, you you have to have within you um, enough option to, um, to really look for that area of freedom and power that you have instead of focusing on all the areas that we don't necessarily have the freedom and power over. There's always something uh, in your life that you have the freedom and the power over, you know. And, um, and so it's extremely important that, um, as Andy said, also that you do the inner work to be able, that you come to a place where you can do that. Also, um, I, I just wanted to interrupt you one more time and say that um, when, when you can't do what Kim was just describing, a lot of times people who become victims, who allow themselves to become victimized by circumstance, don't want to get out of it because yeah. it's easier to wallow, to have no expectations, to have no um, – I mean, when you're in victim mode, you think you feel distressed, but actually – you can be very comfortable in victim mode. Yeah. And um, that's a very dangerous thing. So you have to decide how much you want things to change and understand that the control and the responsibility is yours, no one else's. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, and another thing that you had touched upon um, that I also wanted to reiterate and sort of shine a light on was also that when Andy was saying how much support she had um, when she was going through, you know, some of the most stressful and, um, you know, a really, really painful time in her life. Um, yes, yes. Uh, there are those of us, uh, there are times when, when we're lucky enough to have that. However, um, really still, no matter how much people love and support you, you're really still going through what you're going through alone, okay? So so you are still the one that has to see the way. You're, you're still the one that has to, um, to, to reach for the light, to, you know, to try to clear up the fog. Um, you're, it, it's still you. So it, 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 it may make life, a bit more convenient and simpler and, 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 of course, feeling the love and support of others who sometimes can give you that and nothing else is still a wonderful thing. Um, however, no matter how much somebody loves you, they cannot step into your shoes and do it for you. No, that's what I was saying. Yes. That the, the work that had to be done was mine alone. Yes. And no matter how much love and support I had, I still had to go into those dark places and excavate my soul. Yes. I mean, there are people um, who we can come across every day who um, have families and friends that are doing, trying to do all the work for them that, love them so much they don't know what else to do but to try to suffer with them. Um, 
or beg the person, whether they be um, an addict or whether they are suffering from a mental illness and maybe they don't think that they need to take their medication, um, whatever the case may be, I personally have known a lot of families who have really, really everything from prayer to actively doing things like, you know, taking care of someone's home while they were out on the streets and paying their bills and things like that and begging and pleading with people to, to, uh, to help themselves. To, to reach out for themselves, and they still don't do it. So it is always, always ends up back at you, no matter what. You know, it always ends up back at you. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, I, I know that um, we always try to give you um, some – everything is, you know, not simple, but we try to give you some simplistic – um, easy steps to take towards whatever it is that we're talking about. And today that is the radical, I mean, we use that very consciously, the radical acceptance of your life. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to, um, of course, ask um, Andy, um, you know, to chime in on this. Um, you know, for me, um, it is about the breath, and it took me a very long time to sometimes realize that I really wasn't really breathing. Uh-huh. I, was, I was breathing uh, just enough to keep myself alive, but I was not um, really breathing, taking in literally a full breath and then exhaling. Um, you know, years ago there was a hit film with the late great Whitney Houston and Angela Bassett called Waiting to Exhale. Um, and that story was the story of a woman who, of course, was going through um, distress, pain, loss, and all of that, and, um, and acting out at first in the beginning of the movie in very sort of, you know, um, turbulent, violent ways about it and things like that, um, and then coming uh, into herself, into her own, being able to actually step back from it and be like, okay, it's not me that, that uh, he doesn't so much not love. It's not like uh, something I did, in other words, that, that shattered uh, my relationship, my life, or anything like that. Um, so these circumstances are not myself. Okay, and the movie was called Waiting to Exhale. And there's something about being able to, like, go that is so uh, healing um, and just gives you a moment of, um, of peace, you know, like that thoughts of whatever is wrong, you know, we might flow back in, of course they will, um, but, you know, if, you know, just every time you can be conscious of it, you know, just like, you know, it's, it's um, just really, really so, so great to me. So, um, so Andy, I don't know. Um, what you want to share, you talked about some things earlier as far as tapping into things that um, you may enjoy doing or something to um, help people sort of come out of the dark. Well, I want to pick up on the thing you talked about, about the breath. Um, Science has proven that people under stress breathe very shallowly. Studies have been done that people who are distressed and upset and having um, life challenges um, are not breathing deeply. And um, breath is life, people. And um, unless you know how to breathe so that you're taking in the chi, the life force, um, you're, you're going to feel worse. It's a physiological thing, and it's a very simple thing to change. Just relax. If you need to, lie down on your bed. Exhale all the air out through your mouth. And then take a slow, deep breath in through your nose. Let it fill you up. When you're on your back, you can feel the air go into the back. And down low into your belly. And then exhale slowly through your nose, through your mouth, sorry. And 
do that for about five or six times. And don't hyperventilate. This is not about um, raising the heart rate or anything like that. This is about feeling the breath move through you and then out again. And if you think on each exhale that you're releasing stress and challenges and all the darkness, um, that will help you feel lighter. Um, So you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, and every time you exhale, release another stressor. Um, So I think the breath thing is really important, and it's a very, very easy thing to do. Um, As far as learning how to step back from a challenging situation, that's a lot more difficult. Yeah. Um, And it requires a lot more inner work. Um, You have to decide how much you want things to change before you can change them. And um, a lot of people who are in situations that feel not right to them are not uncomfortable enough to want to make the changes enough. Yes. And Kim and I know some people like that. Yes. And um, they say they want one thing, but it doesn't happen. And they keep saying, well, I can wait a little bit longer. Um, And what that says to, to us is that this person isn't not in enough discomfort yeah. to want to make the change. Yeah. And um, the change is a choice. And to make that choice, you have to decide that you're not going to be a victim and that you are con- going to take control of your life back. Um, and that's a very hard decision to make. Because a lot of people who live in desperation find that the desperation becomes their comfort zone. And um, moving out of that comfort zone causes a great deal of fear and angst. Um, So you have to realize that what you become are your choices. You have to choose what is going to be satisfying and comforting to you. Yes. And um, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. You know, Mm -hmm. Kim was using the um, analogy of an addict and a family that does everything for that person. And very often that person has to crash yes. completely yes, indeed. before their eyes are opened. Um, and sometimes families have to uh, do a lot of tough loving because continuing to assist that person in their current lifestyle is enabling them to feel victimized all over again every day. And um, so sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you wake up. Yes. And um, it's sad when that happens, but it's not devastation. Um, It sometimes means that you're suddenly motivated and you're suddenly full of your own options and aware of the choices that you can make to take control back. And, um, well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, um, wow. Wow, that's really, yeah. I mean, that's that's just so powerful. 
because I've seen it happen so many times to people um, who come from different places, come from different backgrounds, different situations, um, different financial situations, cultural situations that end up in victimhood, you know, um, because ultimately um, whether you uh, come from one place or another, one neighborhood or another, one one type of uh, uh, a social class or another, um, ultimately, it's everything is about us. It's about you. Um, there are some people that are able to take a tiny bit of resources that are open to them and be able to move mm-hmm. forward with them. And then there are some who are floating in resources and don't have within what it takes to actually utilize any of it for yeah. where they say yeah. they want to be. Yeah. So, so it 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 it. It's just proof that it, it always boils down to you. It always boils down to me. Um, and so we really, really just want to stress that, you know. And that may be something that you don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because when it boils down to you, when you are the motivating factor, the, the, the impetus for movement, yeah. um, you have to accept responsibility for that. You know, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, yeah. Um, and and it's 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 the truth. It's yes. a fact. It comes down to you and what you really, really want. Yes. Um, and if it's making changes, you have to accept the responsibility that you're no longer a victim of circumstance, and that you can make changes. Exactly. Um, and and a lot of people don't want to hear that. Yes, I know. As I, as as it was coming out of my mouth, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. That people are just going to be like, "Oh my God," you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's oh, I like these women, but I don't like them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this is the relationship. Um, that we have, it, and this, you know, with, with, between the two of us, like we just say it, it be what it be, you know, we start to recognize something in ourselves or whatever, we just say it, and the other person gives feedback, and we know, we don't expect, I mean, you know, there's no buzz kills or, or, or downers um, between me and Andy because we don't expect everything to be pink, fluffy clouds. You know, we don't even expect that. We know the best thing, the best feeling ultimately is the clarity and the openness and, the, and doing the work and then getting that light bulb moment and everything like that feels so much greater than just trying to bullshit yourself. You know what I mean? It really, really does. It feels so good. Sometimes, you know, we'll both just start talking about something like, yeah, you know, I just need you to listen. Like something just came to me, you know, and it's like, I got it. You know, I got it. And and it's great. Um, And so, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it may not be, we're not going to sit here and tell you everything that, you know, that sounds good and great and wonderful and fluffy and peace and light and love, but ultimately it is peace and light and love, um, and we have to change our perspective. You know, Andy talked about earlier about radical acceptance and accepting your whole self, your whole self in that there is light, there is dark, you know, there's clarity, there's confusion, you know, there's hope, there's fear, you know, there's all of those things are the totality of the human experience. And so to expect, like, you know, half of them to never be there um, can cause a lot of pain, um, a lot of, uh, you know, frustration, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just know that those things in their own way have their own beauty as well. And so we need to change our perspective about what it is we think we are and what we think we should be, what we think we should feel, what, you know, all of this stuff. And so, um, so yeah, so um, great conversation. You know, I have to say when Andy was, uh, when, you, uh, when Andy continued the um, segment about the breathing, you know, when you, when you were talking, you know, Andy does meditation. And so, um if you want to work with her, you know, over the phone or something like that with a guided meditation, she's great. She does energy healing work. 
Um, so check. Do you want ten percent? <laughs> is no. that what this is? No, 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 Andy. I told you seven seven <laughs> percent is enough because <laughs> because I love you and you're my sister. Oh, so thanks. I get this count. Seven percent is enough. <laughs> But it's so true, and I was over here uh, breathing. You know, every time you were talking, you were saying, you know, just breathe in and then breathe out. You know, exhale fully, inhale fully, you know. And uh, we we, um, uh, have a couple of acquaintances that do a radio show on Block Talk Radio. Um, Actually, uh, Darian is is doing it by himself full time now, but um, he and his best friend Darius, would do the show together, and they've been doing it for probably like 10 years now. And so uh, they would always have a segment of um, meditation where Darian would read um, this meditation that he would write, and, you know, and then Darius and, and all of the listeners, we would just, you know, pause for, you know, a couple minutes to listen. And um, oftentimes when Darian would get done and go back into it, he would say, Okay, so um, so Darius, what's next? And Darius would be like, Oh, wait, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was good today. That meditation was so good. <laughs> you know, it will all already uh, be time for him to come in. You know, with saying the next thing and bringing the guests back and all that, and he would still be in meditation mode. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and they would never edit it out. It just was so cute because it would happen all the time. There'd be this pause. And both of them would just be, and sometimes the guests would even be so caught up into meditation mode that they would be like, oh, my God, that was so beautiful. I forgot I was here. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's, how, that's how I felt because the, um, whew, the breathing, the breathing fully, breathing in fully, and then exhaling fully is just such a relief. And so And it's a really good thing to do it lying down because when you're okay. lying down, you can't raise your shoulders when you breathe in. Yeah. So you're not breathing just really shallowly into the upper chest. Yeah. You have to remember that the lungs are actually behind the rib cage. So they're more in the back than the front. Okay. Okay. And so you're going to be breathing into your belly. You know, you let your belly relax, and so all that fat just moves up, and you feel the breath in your back, and you can't lift your shoulders, which just causes tension and constricts the inhalation. So doing it lying down is a really good exercise, and it's so, so simple. It's so simple, and you will feel the difference instantly. Yes. It's not something you have to wait for. Yes, yes, indeed. I can I can attest to that um so much. And if that's all you do, um that's such a great start. Um mm-hmm. it really is, you know, if if the breathing I mean not even like trying to, you know, uh concentrate on any particular thing or try or or even trying to concentrate on emptying your mind none of that you know um lay down and stretch out you know and do that and and I'm going to definitely try that because I know sometimes even when I just lay on my back um and I just stretch my body out like elongate myself that feels so good too you uh-huh. know and that's interesting that you yeah you know the rib the rib cage is in the front yeah, so that's that's very <laughs> that's like very <laughs> enlightening, but I, that feels really good sometimes to just. And I mean, I haven't even done it with the um with the consciousness of thinking to um to breathe deeply, but I've just done it when sometimes I've been overwhelmed, and then you know I just want to automatically lay on my back and just stretch my body out, just elongate myself, and it feels so good. So um. So I'm gonna try that um, definitely, and then and then focus on the um, the deep breathing with it too. So so that's beautiful. So um so yeah so yeah we went on kind of long, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot to say. So um I, I just want to share with you to check out our blog, which we love, which is IWonderSisterhood.com. Um so please check us out there, and we are on Twitter. 
at I Wonder Sisters, or just put in Andy, A-N-D-I-E, and Kim with two M's, and you'll find us that way. Also, please check out Andy's blog, which is ajdowntherabbithole.com, which is a great blog on the experience, the challenges, the victories um, of mental illness, um, dealing with that, and just being, it, it will inspire you to, um, if you have someone in your life that you can open up with and share with, fantastic. If you don't, you know, maybe it'd be great, a great thing for you to write it out, to block, to block uh-huh. it out, to, to share it in that way, too. Because that's a lot of what we do, even though we really share with one another a lot, um, we often go, we'll write a post sometimes first for I Wonder Sisterhood, and then we'll say, we'll say oh, I wrote a post on such and such a thing, you know, and because uh, it was on my mind or whatever. And um, so, you know, yeah, you know, uh, go to AJ Down the Rabbit Hole for some inspiration um, um, and some encouragement um, on being able to get it, get it out in that way, being able to radically accept yourself and your life um, in that way uh, through someone else and see how they do it. And, and Andy does a wonderful job with it. And also when she talked about being able to step back from something too, um, you know, I, I say to Andy uh, lots of times, I say the way that you share so personally about that time of your life on that block is just like freaking amazing. Um, how do you do it? And she says, well, you know, it's almost like right, like now, like writing about another person, you know, um, because I've gone through that. <laughs> uh, you know, that is uh, the past for her. Um, but she knows that um, there's so many people who are currently within that situation um, and currently dealing with that same thing. And so now she's able to step back and then she can write about it to help other people, you know. And, um, and so it's great. So check it out. And um, your blog. Yeah, you know, I just keep, I keep revamping it. But um, married to the blog. Uh, dot wordpress.com it's my personal blog and um i love art and pop culture and um alternative um beauty and music to subcultures and things like that i really really love that stuff you know it's very hip arkham <laughs> You know, I mean, I just really, really love that, and that's my expression of my love for all of that alternative subculture and pop, and, and general pop culture, too. I do love. I can get a little bit caught up on the Wendy show on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like pop culture and celebrity news and things like that, too. I really do. So, um, and, you know, it, it gives me a chance to express that, that side of me. And then when I hear something juicy, I'm like, Andy, guess what? You know, <laughs> she, you know and if she sees something on Facebook, she'll mention it or something like that. But, you know, I, I really love, I love culture in general. So, um, so uh, my Twitter is at married to the blog with the number two at married to the blog or just Kim uh, K-I-M-M. So check us out in all those places. Once again, IWonderSisterhood.com at IWonderSisters on Twitter. And at IWonderSisterhood.com, there's plenty of space for you to write comments. Yes. To ask us to address certain issues, to ask for private coaching or counseling or healing. Um, we're available for yes. you. Yes, yes, indeed. And um, it's a very, um, it, it's, it's, it's a site, a blog that's chock full of, um, of Andy and I personally, you know, like we are there, we're in it. Um, you will get to know a whole lot about us, about how we feel about ourselves, about life. Um, about things that happened to us in life, um, about things that happened to us in the past, about what we look forward to to the future in the future, and so, um, so it is a bit different in that way because um, 
there are many blogs out there which are wonderful, um, but people uh, tend to maybe put a wall up between themselves and the blog. Um, and you'll find on our blog that it's not so much like that, that it's very personal and very open, and um, we feel like that's more powerful than just trying to give you a technique that's written in some third-party form um, of how to do something, you know, um, but to show you how we did it through our stories. So, um, so yeah, so we love it, and we hope you enjoy it, and we thank everybody, and we're ending at a great time. It's one eleven. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Yes, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.